Hey friends, welcome to episode 22 of the We All Serve podcast. I uh, can't believe we're at episode 22 and it's going to be a great one. And it's, you know, I always say it's going to be a great one, but um, this time I, I, I really mean it. Um, no disrespect to any of the other folks that have been on. They've all been great. I say it's great every time. Um, either way, it's great because I've got my buddy over here. Uh, Angel Taurus is with me, returning originally appeared as a guest and i guess angel you did something right because now you're in the hot seat still still i was thinking about today it's it's great to be doing a podcast today and i remember the the first time that i realized the day after thanksgiving you actually had to work and you weren't just given the day off <laughs> working in real companies i was like oh and then i get to do a podcast and i'm like okay it's cool again <laughs> It is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And, you know, Angel, just before um, we just before you you dropped off for a second as you were taking care of something. And so I was telling our guests who we'll introduce in a moment that um, the way I always describe to the people that I talk to about you is that it's a demonstration that the uh, Navy's promotion system is clearly very flawed. And that's pretty much how I describe you. Is that OK? Yep. That's okay. about right. Yeah. But part yeah, of the course. Okay. Sometimes one just squeaks, one just squeaks in. I'm very resilient like that. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, you've got a, you've got a pretty darn cool story. So, hey, listen, Angel, today, again, you are going to be um, sort of overwhelmed by Army guys. I'm just saying you're not in charge. Um, it's going to be Army today. I'll talk slowly. <laughs> listen. Our, 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 our guest is, uh, you know, served in the uh, 75th Ranger Regiment. So, hey, he, he can he can kick your ass. I'm just saying. Yeah, there's a lady downstairs in the kitchen. She can do the same thing. I'm not impressed. It, it, <laughs> well, I, I'm impressed with her. I'll put it that way. I'll, I'm, so maybe uh, yeah, do anything exciting for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Speaking of the lady downstairs, how's your Thanksgiving dinner? Anything exciting? It was great. This year, I actually did the, all the cooking and all the preps myself. Um, instead of getting a big turkey, we did the turkey leg thing. And then um, I prepared it like Puerto Rican style. And then we did the ham and all the other uh, trimmings and stuff. It was pretty pretty great. And it was even better this, this afternoon before the podcast when I heated it up. Nice. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, yeah, probably afternoon is about the time that you get your appetite back. So mm -hmm. good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, without further ado, um, I definitely want to bring in, there he is on the screen, uh, Ryan Walsh. So Ryan um, is the founder and chief executive officer of Valkari. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, he, uh, prior to the company, which I don't want to get too deep into in this intro, served three tours of duty in Iraq and Afghanistan with the 75th Ranger Regiment. On completing his tours of duty, Ryan successfully led several business operations in industries, including retail and service in a partnership with his now co-founder, Alex, um, for the past 10 years. And um, I mean, this company blew me away. I was actually, as I uh, said in an email to Ryan um, the other day, I, uh, I heard about uh, the work uh, just a little bit ago and I was like, damn, that's like spot on with the, uh, with the pot over here. So uh, as you know, I've done this with several other guests, I get jealous, I get jealous when somebody else gets to interview cool people. And uh, this podcast is really all about uh, interviewing veterans that have learned leadership lessons along the way. Uh, so today will be no different. Before um, bring Ryan in over here, uh, shameless plug, 
Um, you know, for many of you that might be uh, watching uh, this conversation, good for you. Click subscribe. Um, but if you're watching, make sure you're also getting on your favorite podcast app and clicking subscribe there as well. Spotify, Apple, Google, everything else. Um, just make sure you're clicking subscribe, rate and review. Makes it easier for uh, you to find it in the future, but also so others can do it as well. So Ryan, thanks for joining us on We All Serve, uh, my friend. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. It's such an honor. Yeah, you bet. You bet. First of all, uh, happy uh, Black Friday. I don't know if it's a thing anymore. I mean, it's like holiday all the time, I guess. We're, we're officially done with the year. I think 2020 is officially over, which couldn't come soon enough for most of us. Yeah, I think we're just riding out the tail end of it now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, I mean, uh, Angel, as I said earlier, you are um, you are uh, sort of outnumbered over here. Um, I'll let you, uh, with that in mind, I'll let you get the first question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ranger to to um, drone. How does how does that happen? <laughs> I'm scratching, I'm, if I had hair, I would scratch my head and scratch my hair and mess it up. But I'm totally jealous of your golden locks over there, buddy. But explain to me how it goes from ranger to drones because I'm going, what? <laughs> I mean, I know how drones would support you guys, but I mean, because like we used to have a thing called when we do VBSS missions, we would have a thing that's called the dust pan and we'd throw it up and put it up in the air and we'd have it scope out, you know, the area for um for threats and then they come back and give a signal and then we can go ahead and do our insertions and stuff. But tell me about that. So it's kind of a few things that kind of played into that role from the military. Um, the first one was, you know, yes, it was a very unorthodox path and it definitely wasn't a direct jump from regiment to a drone business. Um, you know, but a lot of the lessons I learned overseas and in regiment kind of played into it. Um, when I was overseas, it, it really kind of laid into me the fact that the opportunity seemed to be in, in a lot of those business contracts more so than being the boots on the ground. You know, it wasn't lost on me that, you know, billions were going into these uh, drones and jets and, and, you know, even the base infrastructure, right? And, you know, we were making barely above minimum wage to get shot at, right? So, I mean, it just kind of definitely was something that clicked and didn't go away while I was over there on a couple of rotations. Um, but I had gotten out and really started to kind of pull on that thread. So it was right in the middle of the recession and I had saved up a lot of money going overseas. I didn't come back and, and get married and buy trucks and do all the crazy private stuff, right? So um, I went to school right away. And so I started looking at uh, an economics degree to understand how all my deployment money that i did the right thing and put in the stock market just disappeared. I mean, I had like nothing left. So I really wanted to understand it. So I went and got the, um, an economics undergrad on my GI bill and started to kind of put some of those pieces together. And, um, I started my first company at 24 and I've been pretty much starting companies ever since. Um, you know, you find the right partner, the right idea, and you put the resources behind it. And, you know, if you, if you, gear it through, it'll be successful. Um, but with the drones specifically, you know, 20, 2013 was a really big inflection year for drones. Um, I had just, I was in my final year of my MBA and um, final semester, I mean, and my partner Alex had come in and he had said, hey, did you, did you see all this stuff going on with, with drones lately? And I said, well, 
they did support us overseas. I did see the evolution in those years that I was there, right? Even not working on them directly, but saw how quickly it was evolving. And so um, you mix that with kind of the economics degree stuff and really understanding that the military technology was always two decades ahead. And when those initial applications started to become cost effective, it was commercializable, right? So I kind of put those gears in motion and we set a timeline right about now, 2020, um, where we we thought there was going to be a really big spike in in potential for drones and it was just you know it goes back to that ranger training right you don't lay ambushes where the enemy is now you lay it where they're going to be right you find that choke point so um we we started looking at what we could you know have some kind of um competitive advantage that we could protect in, in the drone industry. And it, it really ended up being around those landing stations. And so um, we really pursued that full blast and, and, you know, had to kind of write our own playbook as we went. The landing station. So what we create is um, essentially the infrastructure. So whether it's a mailbox, whether it's like a delivery locker type kiosk, um, whether it's a window unit or whether it's built right into the building itself, a package in the locker of our, our landing stations, a drone will come in, the package will get loaded into the drone and it will get sent to another landing station and, and get dropped off. So um, think Uber Eats, think uh, pharmaceutical delivery, think- um, So this know, is logistics. Yep. Okay, because there's a lot of different, well, drones is, is a very generic kind of broad spectrum kind of term. I mean, you have drones that deliver I mean, I guess that's usually logistics too. Ammunition. They have drones that deliver payload <laughs> yep. on target, bullets on forehead. Um, but yours is targeted around logistics, correct? Yes. Um, last mile drone delivery. So, you know, our goal is to pretty much connect every home and business with fulfillment centers and you know, small businesses and uh, working with our drone partners, right? We create the landing stations and we have a, a bunch of really great drone partners that do the service and, and do the drone side of it. Um, and creating a full autonomous point-to-point -point last mile logistics network. That's awesome, man. Um, wow. it's, it's very cool. And I want to get I want to get a little bit deeper into sort of your, your goals and your vision for the future. Um, but as I like to do on uh, when we have these conversations is Ryan, I actually want to take you all the way back, um, which isn't all the way back because you're a young guy, um, like uh, like Angel, um, pretty much same age, right? Um, uh, come on, I was hoping for a smile there, my friend. I was hoping. Okay, there we go. He's actually um, four. I was just thinking he's like four years older than my daughter, and I just became a grandfather last week. So um, I know. Right. Congratulations! I saw those awesome pictures. Dude, you could have been a senior taking out my sophomore daughter, and I would have been like staring you down and stuff. <laughs> Dude, you're just making it awkward now. You're just making it awkward. Um, so but either, Ryan, now. Let's, go, <laughs> let's go back to the to the beginning, um, to when you actually enlisted um, in the, I believe, the Illinois Guard. Um, so tell us what possessed you to walk into a recruiter's office, or was it a recruiter's office? What was the decision that you made then? Because you seem to be a very intentional uh, professional. You have a clear plan of of where where as you exited the military what you wanted to uh, what where you saw the opportunity was it that way when you entered the military um yeah in a way um i first went into the recruiting office and 
2001, right after 9-11, right? It was the beginning of, I think, my junior year. Um, and I was like, hey, I'm 18, let's sign up. And they're like, I don't think you're 18. We need to see some credentials. Um, so they're like, you know, come back when you're 17 if you have your parents' signature, 18 if you don't. Um, so I convinced my dad at 17. We had just invaded Iraq. And um, so I went in there and I was like, look, I'm not going to college. Right. I'm just it's not for me right now. You know, this seems to be where, um, you know, my calling is and where the uh, I had like a sense for adventure. Right. I didn't want to do what everybody else was doing. And I, I didn't really want to. Um, you know, if I was doing what everybody else was doing, I was going to get the same results as everybody else. And so I felt like, you know, I needed to do something a little different, a little bigger. And so, you know, I went in there and um, I actually tried out, I was active duty. Um, I didn't get into the guard until um, after my, my years active. Um, but I went in there and, you know, I did well on the test. They said, you know, what do you want to be? I said, I want to get overseas as quick as possible. I want to do you know, all the stuff I see in the commercials. I want, I want whatever the action is, right? They said, oh, you want to be a ranger. It's really, really hard to get into. You probably want to pick another job. Um, but I was like, no, that, that's the one for me. Um, so, you know, I went through and, and signed up and went through all the, you know, basic and airborne and, and ranger indoctrination program and, and all of those things. And I passed it and, you know, wound up overseas a few months later. Huh. So, yeah. I'm kind of curious because it, it, it sounds like you went, you went active, then national guard. Does that sound right? Mm -hmm. How many years active yep. were you? So just under four years, I think I got out a month early so I could make my college semester. Um, but then they, the couple guys in my squad had come in right around the same time I did, and they were getting out a little bit earlier than me. And they pretty much told us, you're, you're going to have a recall on your machine as soon as you get home. You know, we weren't home two days and we got recalled, um, you know, so me having that little wow. bit of four right we we went to the national guard office and they said look you know illinois you can join the national guard there's um some units deploying they could use guy with your experience um you can't be deployed since you just got back so you'll be able to finish college um you know and, and you'll finish out your your time um so i did four years active and then uh just under two years in the guard so ryan if i could pick um pick your brain on the National Guard piece. So after coming active duty and after your deployment, what was it like uh, doing the weekend warrior stuff, showing up for, for drill? And um, I mean, was it disappointing or, or was it a sense of relaxation for you? Um, I wouldn't say it was disappointing. It was definitely a culture shock, you know, coming from a special operations unit to um, the National Guard unit was was definitely different, you know, and you had some- I'll bet. Yeah. <laughs> It was just different, right? I mean, there was really great guys that had, you know, a lot of experience you wouldn't have in an active unit being, you know, yeah. having other jobs, whether it's, you know, in business and logistics and IT, whatever. So you tended to get a, a better blend of, of, you know, more skill sets. Um, and there was some really great motivated guys, um, you know, it wasn't always like that. You know, you tended to have some kids that were, were coasting through for some free college. But um, overall, I would say it definitely was a good chance to, you know, kind of take everything I had learned and, and pass it on. And, and those guys had deployed and came back alive, every single one of them. So, you know, I feel like I did what I needed to do for them. That's awesome. That's hey, uh, 
Go ahead, Angel. Yeah, when I when I left when I decided I was going to go to school full time when I was get winding down my military career and I decided I want to go back to school. There was an inf- I, I noticed that you and I had the same mindset when we left high school. You were like, dude, there's no way we belong in a four year university. I'm just going to piss away any kind of money. I'm not going to be a good student, and it's only a couple minutes before I end up working retail, and that's going to suck. So I don't want to do that. <laughs> so for me, it was like when I started school, it was completely different than everybody else I was in school with. It was like, look, I need to drink this stuff up. This is important stuff. I need to I need to get as much as I can. Did you have that mindset and how has that kind of served you uh, moving forward? So I was much like you. I would have never been a good college student fresh out of high school. I just didn't have the right frame of mind. I was kind of coming out of a, you know, difficult upbringing and, you know, just wasn't prioritized right. And so, um, you know, I'm over overseas and we're in this village in Afghanistan and, you know, we're we're in this little mini firefight. It wasn't anything too crazy, but it ended up being a kid on the other end of it. And, you know, our officer and our terp ended up asking him, like, why are you shooting at us? And he's like, I'm, I'm all I have left in this village. I have to defend it. You know, this kid, right? He's like, I just want to go to school, but I'm the oldest male left in the village. Right. And so it kind of hit me like this kid's fighting so he can go to school and I'm fighting to get away from going to school. I got something wrong with me, clearly. Right. So it really made me kind of shuffle some things in my head around. And, you know, it made me realize that my weapon wasn't my my M4. Right. It was my brain. And, And the more I could put in there, the more of a threat I was going to be to, you know, my next mission. So um, it really just kind of all clicked in that valley that one day. Yeah, I had the same thing. It was like when I was doing a grad school or MBA program, it was like, how'd you make it through that? It was a really hard, hard program, I guess. And they're like, how'd you get through it? And I was like, fear. <laughs> and I was like, I was afraid that one day I would be running a company. I would let people down, like in the military, right? You're, you want to learn as much as you can when you're going through your training because you don't want to like not take care of your battle buddy and you don't want to not be prepared or have the experience or have the, you know, how to you know get your sights in. Well, same is true with, with, with you know, grad school. It's like I don't want to be on the short end of the stick and cause people to lose their jobs because I didn't put the time in. I didn't put the effort in. Did you feel like that kind of drove you too? Because you did your MBA at North Central? Yep. Yep. Um, you know, I started going in night school um, and I was running a company already at that point. So it was very different for me than a lot of the kids there. Right. I mean, for them, it was I'm going through and this is the next stepping stone and then I'll be in the real world or I'm using this to get my next promotion. Right. Um, whereas, you know, I was taking the lessons I learned and applying them directly to my business and seeing, you know, my team become more successful, the business become more profitable. And, and so for me, you know, I take that leadership role very seriously and, you know, the whole mentality of eaters, leaders eat last. Um, you know, it's just, you got to take care of your people before you take care of yourself. And if I haven't prepared myself mentally and I don't have the tools to do my job, I can never be expected to lead them to do their job. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, what a what a mindset. Um, and and kudos to you for um, for. It sounds like there was that moment that everything sort of clicked for you, um, which is awesome. So uh, it sounds like your family was supportive of of your service. Is that accurate? 
Um, you know, a lot of my extended family would probably prefer I not sign up for the, the next big war going on, right? Um, but, you know, again, I didn't really come from the greatest upbringing. So, I mean, it was uh, a way to try something different, a way to, you know, kind of change the path as opposed to going down the road that I was kind of going down at that time. So, um, for me, it was much, you know, a deliberate decision as, you know, a pretty clear escape as well. And you learned lessons clearly from your time. It sounds like especially deployed that that sort of mindset um, where you realize again about sort of how governments were 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 operating and and how you decided to essentially use your brain, as you just said a moment ago from that story, uh, to make money yourself, which is which is fantastic. But what would you say is that greatest leadership lesson? It sounds like the army did something incredibly positive for you in, in turning you into the person that you are now. But what was what was the greatest um, either person that you can point to or either leader or or maybe I, I don't know what rank you got out as, um, but but, you know, top up or down, um, who can you point to and, and what can you point to? I mean, you know, being in you know, the 75th Ranger Regiment, I had phenomenal leaders from the top down, you know, Colonel Clark, who's now running um, SOCOM was was my company commander, right? I no mean, kidding. wow. I mean, I, I got to serve under Stan McChrystal, you know what I mean? Like, I see him in the chow hall often, you know what I mean? Like, it was just um, incredible leadership and, and getting to work with a lot of the joint task forces, you know, you'd see the guys from, you know, the other spec ops units and, um, you know, a lot of them have gone on to become big proponents for, for leadership mindset and leadership training. And, you know, I had, um, you know, been on a lot of teams with these guys. I mean, it, it was just overwhelming role models for, for leadership growing up, you know, and so it was, it was really a, a good, a, a good symbol of kind of how these guys embodied what the standards were. It made it very easy to, you know, put those into myself, right? You, it's not like you're uh, read this and, and, you know, do as I say, not as I do. I mean, these guys really lived and, and breathed and, and ate this stuff, right? So it was very hard to make excuses for yourself to not be that way if, if these guys could do it. Wow. Sounds like a show me show you know, show me kind of, you know, come on, let me like mentorship. Let me show you how it's done. And you kind of embed those lessons in yourself. The one thing I'm, I'm not stuck on, but as an entrepreneur, um, how you didn't decide to be an entrepreneur and run a company and have a partner. What, what was the path look like? Like, did, was there a mentor that said, Hey, you know, Hey kid, let me show you the way, let me show you how to start this business. Let me show you about, you know, the financial and uh, QuickBooks and, and all the day-to-day -day and all the, the nit, nuts and bolts? Or did you just, you know, uh, take it through, um, I don't know, ass pain or whatever? <laughs> like, okay, let me make a bunch of mistakes and I'll figure this out. How did, what, was, yeah. what, was, what was it like? You know, I, I was very self-taught. I was a very introverted kid and I would dive, I would read encyclopedias. You know what I mean? Just like books, you know, like for me, it was always wow. trying to accumulate facts. And so, um, you know, the, the fact that you can teach yourself just about anything, 
they, they have all the information available and you know it's all right there on your phone on your computer right so it's just taking the discipline and, and figuring out you know how do you learn best and and you know, sorting through that. So, um, you know, I had to teach myself a lot of it. You know, I learned a lot of the, some of the formalities in school, but, you know, I, I realized pretty quickly coming out that I just could not go work for some guy. I mean, like I just uh, going to college with a bunch of 18 year olds and, and getting out and having to start some entry level job again. And I mean, it, it, truth be told, I just didn't want another man. Like, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> like, I just, I feed myself, you know? So um, I was going to go out there and figure out how to do it on my own. So where you're at right now, um, what is, what is uh, next? I mean, you started telling us a little bit about the, uh, about sort of the, uh, the focus. Um, and it sounds like you are a very focused um, uh, drone, but really logistics, really you are in the business of, of logistics um, organization. Um, you know, tell us about the team, how, how, you know, how you've built that and tell us sort of where you envision, um, the, the coming years. Sure. So, you know, team's probably one of the most important things I'd be lying if I said, you know, I, a big impact, you know, I mean, it's the team. I mean, they, they tell me when, um, you know, we're going in the wrong path. They tell me when we need to go in the right path. I mean, I, I trust them and we hire people that, you know, are, good leaders on their own right they can work under pressure they're they're you know very disciplined people you know and um one of the most important things i mean if you look at even like an a team an sfa team right i mean you got specific roles but everybody is trained in a little bit of everybody's job because when you're in a small startup gorilla type environment right i mean you have to be able to wear many hats and if a guy goes down for whatever reason it could be sickness death in the family whatever you got to be able to have people that can cover their their you know their lane right so um i found out with alex my co-founder very early on um you know just happenstance uh, he got hired at one of my earlier companies and he just happened to excel in, in a lot of the operations and organizational structuring stuff. Um, you know, I, we started doing a couple other deals together and I realized, you know, the deals that I didn't have them in, I was tremendously less successful than the deals I did, right? He was a perfect compliment to cover my six and me to cover his, right? I mean, we're very, very different people, but it's, it's kind of like a compliment um you know everybody knows it's almost to that point with a fire team right where you know i can anticipate his move and he can anticipate mine so we can work very dynamically and fluidly to to get the job done so you know you don't get those relationships very often and so um you know he was critical of the success um we've got some pretty strict criteria especially in the early days we had to weed a couple of people that presented well but didn't didn't meet the the standards right so um you know we had a bit of turnover in the, the early days till we found the right you know combination but we eventually got there and now we're we're just grinding on all cylinders now, you know, it's, it's going. And so, you know, we've found a good mix. We've got advisors that oversaw the first drone delivery trial ever in, in you know, Vanuatu for UNICEF, um, you know, a lawyer that wrote the Chicago uh, um, drone code. Um, you know, we've got a doctor who's got experience in telehealth, um, you know, so we can use this to, um, you know, meet a lot of the, the growing uh, uses of telehealth um, and then a whole bunch of engineers and, and people just keeping everything 
going. Um, you know, every single one of them is critical. Uh, we wouldn't be anywhere without each of them. So um, I'm very, very thankful for my team and, you know, want to keep growing it with key people and quality people like that. Um, you know, but where we see the vision is, you know, my goal in the next 10 years is to be in front of every home and business, you know, across most of the world. Um, you know, we want to be the mailbox of the future and all versions of it, whether it's, uh, you know, parcel lockers for drones, whether it's, um, you know, mailboxes, whether it's a, a window unit for apartment dwellers. I mean, we're going to have a solution for everybody. So, um, you know, that's really where we see the, the future for us. That's awesome. Um, that's in, that's incredible. And you mentioned that that uh, point of ten years, um, uh, which uh, is awesome. So, what? Speaking of years, um, it sounds like you've been growing over the course of 2020. When many businesses have been retracting and scaling back, um, you know, your the growth of your team and the growth of your of your uh, clients. Um, tell us about this year, and um, and and what are some of the key milestones that you're looking forward to? So this year, you know, when we got on lockdowns, it was a little bit of uh, uncertainty at first, right? Everybody kind of had to figure out how to move this forward. Us were, you know, very included in that, um, you know, but it ended up being a great year, you know, for drones in general, just because now you need things like touchless delivery. And if I can get COVID tests to people uh, without having anybody being exposed and I don't have somebody going out and doing community spread and things like that, you know, it, it's very helpful, but you know, it goes back to my, my ranger days, right? You just learn to embrace the suck. So while everybody else is kind of bracing for impact, right? We just keep on going, right? Head down and just keep on low crawling. And, you know, we're, we're just doing our jobs every day. And it seems, you know, the milestones just keep racking up, you know, getting voted best tech startup in Chicago and in North America by the Timmy Awards. I mean, it was, you know, we, we entered them and we were hoping for the best, right? But I didn't see it going, you know, that, that well, right? I mean, it's incredible. And I'm super proud of our team for it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's 2020 has been one hell of a year for Valkyrie. And, you know, part of that is just because it's always going to suck in one way, shape or form. Right. I mean, just how do you deal with it and keep moving? Right. Um, but some big milestones we have coming up, uh, we have some, uh, different demos and pilots and trials that'll be going on. They'll be kicking off, uh, uh, next month, December, um, we have some exciting ones in the U.S. We have a couple of ones in, in Canada that are starting to take off. Um, and we've got some really exciting projects throughout the spring. So, um, you know, there should be a lot of media on us. And, and we're really excited for for all of that, you know, getting out to the public and then seeing what we've been working on. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's exciting and exciting to see uh, where uh, where you guys uh, have gone and where you guys certainly certainly are going. Um, so uh, very very cool. And are there any other uh, veterans on your team? Yeah, quite a few actually. Um, considering the size of the team, I would say we're um, probably somewhere around twenty uh, percent veteran. Um, which isn't bad. Um, but yeah, we've got guys from the Air Force, guys from the Army, you know, um, just a really good mix. And uh, once again, everybody's got different backgrounds, different experiences, but they've all come together really well. And, you know, it's just kind of made a very uh, cohesive, but, um, you know, different team. 
And, and anybody in particular that you are recruiting for or some strategic positions that you envision uh, having to fill in the coming months? I mean, we got a lot of jobs we're going to be filling in the coming months, um, you know, from top executive all the way down to, you know, fresh out of college engineers. So we're going to be on a big hiring path for the next uh uh, a few months, probably starting at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of success from military people in the past, but really anybody who's got a unique perspective and, and is really, uh, you know, willing to go that extra mile and, and takes pride in their work. They love what they do, right? When somebody loves what they do, it's the time flies. They they don't, you know, sit there and, and wait for the, the time clock. I mean, it makes a huge difference in the outcome. So, you know, those are the people we want. Yeah, absolutely. Well, keep us posted and we'll we'll spread the word and I'll make sure personally to make sure that you only get qualified people, uh, which means basically no, nobody from the Navy. Um, so I'll, 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 yeah, we'll be watching the clocks. You didn't say you had Navy people. <laughs> yeah, I like the Navy guys. We always worked with. I got nothing bad to say about them. Angel, take it away they for always, uh, any final questions. Up, they always show up with the bar. <laughs> um, I think when I think about all the things you've told us during this this edition, I'm I'm kind of overwhelmed. I'm like, wow, how did he? I'm like, it went, and now it's here. <laughs> I'm like, wow, Canada and all these other things, and I I don't know. I mean, I can only assume that at the beginning, you're like, I'm going to do this. And I think it's going to be big. No idea just how big yet, but people come into your life and, and relationships and opportunities come into your life. And you, the, the, it seems like for you, the picture got clearer and bigger and clearer and bigger. And you're like, Oh, this goes here. This goes here. This is, I need to be here. This needs to be here. Is that kind of how, how you saw it, everything happening and unfolding? Yeah, kind of exactly how, I mean, in, in the beginning, it was a bit of a struggle because you want it to be more linear and you don't want it to be, you know, to your point, just random people coming in your life. You almost wish it, it made a little more sense at the time. But, you know, once you kind of learn to embrace just that weirdness of the universe, right? I mean, it, it tends to all come into line. Love it. Yeah. You, know, you got to hone into that. A lot of people just spend their whole lives fighting that. That's that's all I had, Amanda. That's that was fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for sharing. And um, just in closing, where can people uh, learn more about uh, more about the company and certainly be on the lookout for whether it's uh, positions or even uh, again on the on the uh, customer side, uh, folks that would want to find ways to work um, with you. Uh, where can people learn more? Uh, Valkyrie.com, uh, V-A-L-Q-A-R-I.com. Um, you know, you can get onto our list for when we're going to start doing residential, or if you want to be a partner, we, we can also take there. So, um, yeah, you can learn a lot more about the company at our website. Cool. And, you know, Ryan, actually, um, last question for me is, uh, you know, drones is something that still is pretty new, um, not, not in uh, the world of the military, but in our, uh, in our cities. Um, you mentioned that some of the folks that you've hired are, uh, are folks that have been involved in uh, some of the regulatory side of things. Uh, what's your perspective of how cities, states, FAA, how it's being regulated? Uh, anything that I'd just love to hear your perspective, I guess. 
Sure. So, you know, you look at the FAA and, and some of these other agencies, and one of my partners told me this, you know, a few weeks back. He's like, when was the last time they had a major crash? When was the last time there was lost life? Right. I mean, these these agencies are very good at what they do, and that's keeping people safe, even when you have, you know, tons of steel flying through the air at hundreds of miles an hour. Right. I mean, they've figured out how to do it effectively, safely and efficiently. And, you know, so in, I guess, 2020 time frame, right, years is forever. Right. But when you're taking the, the long approach and you're, you're just being methodical and slow and steady. I mean, the trend lines are going in the right direction. This will happen um, over the next three years. You know, they've made it clear all the other, um, you know, sister agencies overseas, you know, in Canada, Europe, and in um, Australia. I mean, they've all said the same thing. We're just taking a very methodical approach. We're getting our data and, you know, now we're, we're getting past well, the remote and you know we're going to get to the next piece but it all come together over the next few years and um you know by that time it'll be like oh this this happened overnight right i mean that's how it always goes so uh, <laughs> you know. you, i just stumbled on an idea that's, that's what it was he started yesterday yep <laughs> we've been working with this technology for seven years straight right and you know it's still not ready for market at the faa level right so it's just going to be a slow road but you know, it's you know, the mailbox in front of every house for across the world, right? I mean, uh, it's a big job, right? So it's going to take some time. Wow. We well, got to be encouraged when a global giant like Amazon finally gets their FAA approval. You're like, okay, yeah. I, I'm not them. I don't have the ca the capital uh, uh, investment capability or strength to to do it like they do it. But my time is coming, and they if they went ahead and. Uh, there's a first mover advantage, but the second guy usually has an easier path because you learn from the first guy's mistakes. Exactly, exactly. That's the case always. And um, you know, Amazon—they're—they're they're a giant, but they just announced last week that they haven't been able to crack the nut and figure it out. And so they're going to be working with all the startups that have. So you know, a, a lot of people hear the name Amazon and get scared, but you know, that just tells me we're on the right path. If if we're going after the same thing the giants are. I mean, it's it's got to be worth something. Yeah, for sure. And your advice, last question this time for real, um, your advice to uh, to an 18, 17 or 18 year old um, Ryan that might be out there uh, trying to decide what to do. They have a recruiter pounding at their uh, at their door. And um, would you do it again? I guess I guess that's my question. Would you do it again? Would you would you follow the same path or would you do something different? What's your advice to the 17-year-old you? I'd do it all over again, exact same way. I mean, just take advantage of the opportunities. The military can give you tremendous advantages, whether it's your GI Bill, whether it's um, you know getting a head start on a lot of training in college and real-world experience. I mean, you can take college dirt cheap in the military. Um, you know, so going in there and just, you know, utilizing the resources. Nobody's going to hold your hand and, and do it for you, right? So, um, you know, but there's a tremendous amount to be gained from the military. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it for everybody, but, you know, we get advantages on mortgages and college and all these things that are really crippling our generation, right? So, I mean, 
it ends up being a huge leverage compared to going at it without, you know, some of the benefits you get from being a veteran. So, um, yes, I would, I would do it all over again, the exact same way. And, you know, if you use it wisely, you can get a great experience in the military, get, you know, very cost effective, if not free college and, um, you know, get for a good path if you, if you use it to your advantage. Yeah. Agreed. A hundred percent. Agreed. A hundred percent. I, uh, I, I did it a little different than you. I went in at 29 um, and went reserve, um, but uh, I would do it again in a heartbeat. And uh, despite the challenges it's caused uh, professionally um, and the changes in life, but uh, I would do it again. So, yeah, that's what we always say on this uh, on this uh, podcast. Uh, you know, we all serve, whether you're putting on the uniform, regardless which uniform, Angel, I guess, bounced off over here. We, we said too many Army things, so he bounced, he bounced off. Uh, he'll probably pop back in like five minutes after we disconnect. Um, but uh, I would do it, you know, it, it, whether whichever uniform you put on, Army, Air Force, Navy, Marine, Space Force, um, you know, they're, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter whether you put on a uniform at all right now in this day and age, you know, we're in the final days of November, final days of the calendar year, um, you know, step up, volunteer, get involved, help your community, give back. You do not need to put the uniform on in order to serve. That's why we always say we all serve. Uh, there's so many ways to get involved and um, certainly a pleasure to hear from you, Ryan, about the, your time service and continuing to serve by, uh, by, by being, as you said, you're being very modest about the uh, about the accolades and awards um, received um, with through your uh, obviously through your entrepreneurial efforts, and I'm sure that there will be many many more to follow. So, Ryan Walsh, thanks so much for joining us on We All Serve. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. We'll stay in touch. And um, and again, uh, as I said in the beginning of the show, uh, click subscribe wherever you're watching um, or listening. Click subscribe. You can find the, uh, us on YouTube um, as well as all of our social media platforms, but also all of the podcast platforms all well. So that will wrap it up to all of you. Have a great weekend. And uh, there's Angel. He's, he's back to say goodbye. We're just making fun of you. Just saying. Or I was. Anyway, Ryan was being good. About any any closing words? We were just, we were just signing off. No, I just I'm gonna connect with you offline, uh, Ryan, if that's okay. Because you know what you're going through in different stages. I started my company about a year and a half to almost two years ago, and I'm going through a lot of the, the different phases. And sometimes having someone like a resource like you to just bounce off, say, "Hey, did you go through this?" You're like, "Yeah, man. Here's how you get through that. Just put your nose down, shut up, and and suck it up, and you'll get through it." Just keep on keeping on. And it really, you inspired me. Um, and I, I, as I was talking to you, I was thinking to myself, okay, just shut up. Not put your nose down. Keep getting work done. Keep getting work done. It'll happen. Just keep getting the work done. Well, so I thank you for that. that. I'd love to bounce ideas. It's one of my favorite things to do in my free time. I love this stuff too much sometimes. And I see we know a lot of the same people. Like you, uh, you were with Elite Me and John Allen and um, – some of those guys over there, they're great people. Yeah, great guys. Phil, Phil Kane, all those guys, yeah. I, I was with them for a little while, helping them out. Wow, yeah, well, it's a great group, and I'm sure it was a great experience working with them. Mm -hmm. Well, to everybody tuning in, have a great weekend. Um, we'll be back next week. Um, we finally have, we've been trying to get this scheduled for a while, a retired Brigadier General uh, Gary Prophet, uh, formerly of Walmart, uh, is joining us on the pod on Monday. 
Um, we've got David Muir from uh, Easter Seals coming up, I think, a week after that. Lots of good conversations. Um, so, again, uh, we all serve. Have a good weekend. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, once again, thanks to our guests. Appreciate it.